And now for something purposely positive. Welcome to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you know that we're all about bringing positive content into the world. But sometimes we have to start out where it's dark so we can learn to recognize the light. Let's look at our emotions. People are often scared to allow themselves to feel those bad emotions because they think that it will consume them or they'll be stuck in that emotion. But actually, there are really no bad or good emotions. There are only good or bad reactions to them. Sometimes we need to just experience an emotion and let it pass, and only then we can move on to more positive things. It is through this process that we can truly find light in darkness. On today's podcast, my friend Jessica is going to tell some of her story, and we're going to discuss how to bring the light out from our dark paths. Jessica, it's great to have you here today. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm excited. Well, it's interesting that we chose today to record this podcast, and we're talking about darkness and light, because we're both kind of going through a little bit of darkness in our life. I have this <laughs> gruff voice, which my listeners are probably noticing and going, Tony sounds funny. If you've heard my last couple of podcasts, I've actually recorded some of them together and it's all through this and I'm plowing through anyway. And so <laughs> I've got this scratchy throat from laryngitis and you've got like a, a wounded finger from uh, an overzealous workout, which I suppose that's not a bad thing to be overzealous with your workout. But here we are, we're in a dark place and we're spreading light in the world. Yes, absolutely. Like I said earlier, at least yours wasn't self-inflicted. <laughs> well, that's true. So tell me a little bit about <laughs> what's going on with uh, with Jessica and how this topic really resonates with you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this has really been a journey that I have been undertaking over the last several years. It all started with, uh, you know, being in a really dark place and having, you know, something happened to me in my life when I was trying to, you know, heal and, and just find that, that happiness and joy that I was looking for and get to a better place. And of course, you know, this was amidst the pandemic um, or the beginning stages of the pandemic when there was a lot of fear and uncertainty and unknown and all of that. And so as that kept happening and I, I kept kind of sitting with that, I was, it was, it was a situation that I didn't understand why I was having the reaction that I was. And it felt to me irrational. And so when I you know, started digging into that, I was like, okay, I need to figure out what's going on with this. And so I started doing a little bit of, of digging. And of course, my passion has always been psychology. I've always had a really big interest in um, psychology. And I've also had, I've dived into um, personal development many times over the years. Um, I work for an e-learning company. Uh, so I have access to a lot of great tools here too. And through my process, I stumbled upon this ebook. 
it was Thriving at Last by Margaret Paul, Dr. Margaret Paul. Um, and in this book, it was just a bunch of great information, but also I think the biggest thing about that that really drove some transformation for me was a lot of journal prompts. And I took that very seriously. It, it dug deep. It was uncomfortable. It was dark <laughs> at times, but it really allowed me to dig into a lot of things that, you know, I may have already had conscious aware of to a certain extent, but I hadn't thought of it in that sequence, or I hadn't thought of it, you know, in a confined amount of time to be able to put things together and establish some patterns and recognize those patterns. And so as I started going through that process, I realized a lot of different things that just, you know, kind of struck a chord in me. And I, I, I thought, okay, maybe now I should get a little bit more depth here. And so I actually reached out. Um, I, I sought out a therapist and I started in therapy for a while. That was really, I mean, I think I did that for probably seven, eight, nine months. And it was really transformational for me as well. And I think one of the biggest things that drove my transformation was when my therapist gave me an exercise she called the power of noticing. That exercise was all about re having reactions. So it's like, if you're having an emotional reaction, instead of trying to push it away and make yourself feel better instantly, let yourself feel it, sit with it for a minute, get uncomfortable and just think about it. Where is it coming from? When did you last feel that way? When was the first time that you remember feeling that way? And like, basically she considered like pulling a thread, right? So as you're thinking back to the, the last memory you can remember, or the first memory you can remember, usually when you remember that, you can think of one prior and then sometimes it goes back and you often you find something that takes it all the way back to childhood. And I know there's going to be people out there that are going to be like, oh, she's one of those. <laughs> there's a lot of people that just think that that's a bunch of hoo-ha, like they just think it's silly. But it's so true. You know, I, I am living proof. And I was one of those people that I thought I was like, I don't need to go back and, you know, revisit all of that stuff. I know what happened in my childhood. I know what my life was like. There's no point in going back there. And then I did it. And it was game changing for me because I did, I recognized all of these patterns that I had never consciously been aware of. And through pattern recognition comes awareness and with awareness comes the ability to heal. Because as you become aware of these patterns, you can actively make a conscious decision to respond and react differently. So, you know, it has really been transformational for me because as I've been having, you know, in a relationships with friends and um, people around me, I'm able to respond in a different way. I'll sense that I'm having a reaction to something that maybe is not necessarily rooted in what they are doing or saying, but it's because of a story that I have created in my mind out of a past pain. And it's still living within my nervous system. And I'm just responding based off of that. So a lot of people, you know, when we see these overreactions, it's coming from a place of pain. So those aren't overreactions. Those are valid reactions, but it's rooted in something in the past. And they're just having a reaction that is amplified based on that previous pain and they are unaware. And so for me, 
that whole experience, that was really what drove me to continue down that path and to continue digging. And like I said, you know, just diving deep into the, the, the darkness, essentially. So just digging in and not being afraid of feeling those hard emotions or being, you know, angry or frustrated, allowing yourself to feel those things, but seeing, you know, why do you feel those things? And with that, you know, it's crazy, but uh, there's one thing that I, I remember very clearly that I knew I had made progress. So I just want to share that really quick, just to, so that you can see what can happen when you start to, to do that work. I was driving on the highway and a car tried to come out from my left side and cut in front of me. And they did. They successfully did. There was no cars behind me. There was a strain of, of a cars, a string of cars in front of me. And they chose, rather than waiting, you know, 10 seconds for me to pass and no cars to be coming, they chose to cut me off. Past Jessica would have been like probably, you know, throwing them the bird, you know, not necessarily being super positive and <laughs> uplifting. You know, I might have, you know, said some I'm right words. there with you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, when I, when that happened, I had that instant, you know, gut reaction of I had to slam on the brakes. It was like fear. And, you know, you have that instant reaction of like, oh, oh my gosh, why did they do that? Like, and you want to call them some names and, you know, have that reaction. And, you know, I might've sat with that for like maybe, you know, 10, 15, 20 seconds. And then my brain just kind of instantly shifted. And I had these thoughts in my head that, you know, I never really would have thought about before. And these thoughts were like, well, what if their wife was pregnant and they were rushing to get to the hospital? What if, you know, somebody was injured and they needed to get somewhere? We, like, we really have no idea what is going on in somebody else's life. And so the biggest thing for me that has, you know, come from all of this is not only my own inner growth, but also the ability to recognize the perspectives and the lives of other people and not make everything about me because, you know, in that moment, I could have easily been like, oh, they're a moron. Like they just cut me off for no reason. But I like, who are we to know that? Right. Like we have no idea what's going on in another person's life. And so I think that to me, I was like, I was smiling the rest of the way home. Cause I was like, finally, like I, I knew uh, like I had tangible evidence that I had made significant progress in that moment. And I was so happy. That's a huge breakthrough. And you know, everything that you just talked about, there are so many things that we can unpack, but a lot of that has to do with our reaction to things. We get to choose our reaction. We don't get to choose the circumstances that we're in. We don't get to choose what happens to us, but we get to choose how we can react to that. And it's the same thing with our emotion. When we feel an emotion, you know, most of us are tempted to squelch those emotions. You know, you start to feel upset about something and you try to push it. You don't experience it. Say, I shouldn't be feeling like this. So you try to push it down in you. And we keep pushing our emotions into ourselves so much that we have a society that's full of depression and anxiety and all these things because we're not allowing ourselves to just feel the emotion, process it, and then let it go and move on. And then the other thing that we do is we have the story. We become addicted to the story. And an example, you know, for you in that situation might have been the story that you would have told that this person who just cut you off is a, 
oh, what an idiot, what a jerk, whatever words you choose to use. There's a lot more words we could get into, but we won't for the podcast reason to stay positive. But, you know, and flipping the bird and whatever, we choose to tell the story that this person is did something bad and it it must be that they're a bad person. And that's the story we're going to tell. You changed the story. You told the story that, well, this person may have something going on in their life. And there may be an important reason why they did this. Bottom line is, whatever reason that that happened, it doesn't matter. It's how you react to it. And when you choose to react in love and in light and not go down the dark path, it can change your whole outlook. And you wound up smiling afterwards. And I think that's just beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was really powerful for me because, you know, I just kind of got a little bit emotional because I was like, wow, you know, I usually, I probably would have been, you know, I was, especially when I was younger, you know, with social media and everything growing up in that era, I probably would have gotten home and, you know, wrote a Facebook status about how frustrating I was and how, you know, ridiculous the drivers are in, you know, in our area. And instead, I I didn't really think about it in, you know, the rest of the way home. I was thinking about progress that I've made and, you know, thinking about all of that good stuff. So it was just completely changed my mood. I didn't, you know, get stuck in a, in a crappy mood for the rest of the day. I was, you know, I I felt good. It just really did shift things for me. And you're 100% right. Like the emotions thing, it is, it is so sad to see what's happening. And I actually read uh, one of the, one of the books, I have a lot of really powerful teachers that I I follow um, on this journey. And one of them is Teal Swan. She's not going to be for everybody. I can guarantee you that she's going to trigger a lot of people. <laughs> um, sometimes she triggers me. I'm not even going to lie. And I, you know, kind of have a reaction and then I have to, you know, dig into why I'm having that reaction. Cause it's sometimes it's, you know, an uncomfortable thing that we have to face about our, you know, our own, our own selves and how we're, you know, perceived and how we're perceiving ourselves and all of those kinds of things. But she has this book called the completion process. It's this, you know, really informative book, but it's a step-by-step guide for this process that she has created. I haven't necessarily dug too deep into doing the full process. However, um, if you've ever been to Date with Destiny, you kind of experience, did you, did I see you shaking your head? Did you go? I have not been, I've no? been to uh, Unleash the Power Within. Okay. I haven't gotten a date with Destiny. I'm waiting for them to reopen it to a live version, but I, I know enough about it. And if you read Awaken the Giant Within, there's a, a lot of the date with Destiny material in that particular book, although not quite as in-depth. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big uh, I'm a big student of Tony Robbins. In fact, they call me the other Tony because... <laughs> There's Tony Robbins, the six foot five, you know, and then there's Tony, you know, me, the uh, the shorter version and the other Tony. Well, if you get to go, um, assuming because I know that every every date with Destiny, every event that Tony does is going to be different. Right. But it's been really I've, I've attended a lot of different conferences, especially over the last year. And I have noticed with everything that I've done and all of the learning from, you know, psychology and uh, spirituality, healing attachment theory, polyvagal, like everything that I've been doing, all of the things that I've been learning for my own development, I've noticed patterns and similarities in different concepts in some of these events. And Tony did, they called it integration day um, at Date with Destiny. And they did this process of integration that is very similar 
to the completion process that Teal outlines in her book, the completion process. It's just not getting as she has like, I have, I think there's like almost 20 steps. And I would, I remember reading it and being like, I can't, like, how am I going to remember to do all of this and getting overwhelmed? But I think, you know, the, the point and a lot of the stuff in the beginning of the book, before she gets into the steps, it really digs into the whole emotion concept and how, when we're young, we're taught to push away anger. That's not acceptable behavior. Um, like those, any of those negative emotions. And there's a lot of, you know, they call it spiritual bypassing and just bypassing in general and toxic positivity where basically like you, positive vibes always got to always be positive vibes. And it's, yes, it's important. It's so important to have a positive mindset and then a positive outlook, but it's also important to recognize that life is not bubbly, happy, you know, perfect all the time. It's how you handle those disruptions and those challenges that come up that really make the difference and being able to keep positive while also allowing yourself to feel those, you know, to harsh feelings. And so um, I always, you know, I joke with my friends about how I'll, I'll schedule, you know, if, if I need a breakdown, I'll schedule time to cry. <laughs> and I, I, I have done that. Like I'll sit down, I'll put on meditation music. If I'm feeling super emotional now, you know, I've only done this a handful of times, but if I'm having a situation that just really gets me down, and I'm just really struggling, and I just need to have a good cry, I will put on some meditation music, and I will sit down, and I will allow myself to think about what has me upset, and I will just let it out, and then, you know, when the timer is up, I will get up, and I will go about my day, I'll put on some music, and I'll, you know, dance around, and, you know, have a good time, it's just that concept of allowing yourself to feel that, and if you're familiar with Mastin Kip, he does a lot of the same stuff that Tony does, but he does it from a trauma aware lens. And so he brings in a lot of material related to polyvagal theory in his practice. And so I, I did claim your power with him at the event. And he also has a book, uh, which is same title, claim your power. So um, if anybody you know, listening is, is interested in day by day kind of journey, that's a, a great place to start as well as the book that I mentioned earlier with Margaret Paul. It, it really does get you to dig in deep and, and kind of uncover a lot of things and, and be able to make those, those lasting changes in your life. But it's all rooted in that concept of being able to create what Mastin calls a flexible nervous system, right? So it's, it's showing yourself and, and your, your nervous system and your body that it is okay to feel those harsh emotions and you can get out of it because I think a lot of people, they're so scared. Like if you're, if you're not happy, then everybody, you know, assumes, okay, I must be depressed. And depression is a very real thing. I'm not just discounting that in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying, you know, it, I feel like in our culture, in our society right now, a lot of people have this false expectation that life has to be perfect and happy and positive and you know all of the time and that's just not reality but because of social media and the movies and tv you know all of these things it's like well, we can kind of create this like complex in our head about what life should be like but it's not rooted in reality oh i'm so glad you brought up the social media thing because we are <laughs> definitely comparative creatures we love to compare ourselves with others when we're on social media people are always posting the their best they're putting their best foot forward. They're always posting 
you know, all the good things that are happening, you know, the perfect dinner that they cook. So they're going to post a picture of that. They're going to post cute cats, which is great. I love to see cute cats, but they're going to post <laughs> their vacation. But you know what? They're probably not going to post when they got that flat tire in the middle of uh, an expressway somewhere and it's freezing cold out there and they're shivering in the car. They're probably not going to post those moments or any of those disappointing times in their life. Now I could be wrong. There are some people that pretty much use their Facebook or their uh, Instagram as like a diary to post everything. <laughs> sometimes I wonder about that because that can be going a little bit overboard. That kind of reminds me of like that movie, The Truman Show, if you remember that with Jim Carrey, where it was a whole world that was created just for television. You have to check that movie out. Uh, Jim Carrey is is amazing in that movie. It's called The Truman Show, if anybody hasn't seen it. But it's, uh, it's about this world that is created around this person just to be a TV show. So can you imagine if your life wasn't real, if it was just based on a TV show? You're like a character, but you're living your real life. It's really, it's it's definitely an interesting concept. But anyway, I digress. Here I am. I call myself ADD boy. I move into other direction, this bright, shiny object I saw. But let's get back to this light and darkness. When you were talking about the crying situation and how there's toxic positivity and by ourselves, by withholding ourselves that good cry that sometimes we need and you know as a man in society boys don't cry you know men don't cry and you know that is true i tend not to be one of those very emotional guys but you know there there is a time when we are sad and we do need to expel that poison because those tears if they analyze the chemicals that are coming out of your tears it's toxic by crying, you're allowing your body to get rid of these toxic things inside, and it's a very healthy process. And I love how you allow yourself time to do that, and then you move on, and now you're back to dancing and being happy again. And we can control our emotions based upon our posture, how we work our physiology. You know, I talk a lot about that with people in our society today, what is the posture that everyone takes? We're all looking down at our phones. We're walking mm -hmm. down the street, looking at our phone with our shoulders lunged forward, our, our head looking down. And if you just stood there, take the phone away, stand in that posture for a minute, that's the posture of a depressed person. We're walking around running into telephone poles because we're too busy looking at our phone to see what other people's wonderful life is like, which is something that we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to. And now we're wondering why we're so depressed. Allow those emotions to happen when they happen, but don't put yourself in those situations where you know, you're looking for that. You're naturally feeling bad. Uh, learn to stand up straight uh, with your chin up and, uh, you know, think about if you just won a marathon or if you did something great, how you would feel and get yourself in that posture and you'll feel the difference immediately. So when you find yourself looking at your phone, say, wait a minute, you know what? Instead of having my phone down looking at, why don't I lift my phone up so I can look up at my phone and then I can check my messages and at least my posture is not in a depressed situation. Yeah, I think social media definitely plays a big role. I know I've set, you know, different parameters, different rules for, you know, for my phone and, and 
try to limit um, utilization. I've actually deleted Facebook from my phone different times to kind of, you know, create a period of separation if I felt like I was, you know, wasting a little bit too much time on there. But yeah, especially Instagram, I find a lot of people that get into Instagram, that's where, you know, the, the perfection world tends to live and people do get into that comparison mode. And it's like, you know, there are a lot of things we can look at, you know, one person and another person, and we can easily say, you know, well, they're doing so much better than me, but realistically, you know, maybe they're doing so much better than you in one aspect of their life, but maybe they have, you know, other aspects of their life that aren't quite so comparative. Right. So it's like, you're only seeing one little piece of their life. And it's so, that's why social media can be so challenging. And I mean, there's a million, like if you've seen the social dilemma on Netflix, I mean, there's a million reasons why it's not a great thing <laughs> um, for, you know, for society right now. But I think, you know, that comparison thing is, is really one of those things. And I really like this concept of, you know, if somebody, if you're, if you're consistently seeing things that just make you feel bad about yourself, you know, maybe unfollow that person or, you know, hide it from their feed. I know on Facebook, you can unfollow and still have somebody, you know, as your friend. And I, I take that practice. I I'll, I'll unfollow people if they are consistently putting things on their feed that are things that, you know, just kind of bring me down lower vibration that I just don't, I don't need to see, then I'll, I'll take that out. And, you know, I don't feel judgment you know I, I'm not unfriending them it's not that we can't be friends it's just I don't need to see that consistently on you know on my timeline so it's just taking those precautions and kind of setting those boundaries for yourself and establishing you know the parameters so that you can have uh, you know a healthier time with those things and yeah as far as um, the flexibility and like feeling the emotions and kind of pulling yourself out of that you know you mentioned me having that the crying spell and then dancing afterwards I really learned that from all of the conferences that I've done this year. You know, like I said, with Mastin's, uh, Mastin kits, really, there was one exercise in particular. There's always somatic exercises, like closed eye practices in each of these conferences. But this one in particular really showed me what it means to pull yourself out of an emotion. So he had um, this exercise. It was, it was a lengthy closed eye process, and he had a song for uh, like when, when you're feeling sad and, you know, depressed, all of those emotions. And then he had a song, a different song for when you're feeling anxious, stressed out, like just tense. And then he had a different song for when you're happy and joyful and light. And what he did was he would put on the song for sadness. We would, he would have us, you know, allow yourself to get in the position of somebody that's sad, feel sad and of course he played a song that just tugs on my heartstrings anyway and so I had no problem like I was crying on camera it was it was a mess at a certain point he would shift to the different song and he would say okay now get in the physical sense of you know the position of what it would feel like if you were stressed and anxious and tense allow yourself to feel that emotion and then he would put on the the song for you know happiness and joy and he would be like all right dance around in your seat and you know really allow yourself to feel that emotion, feel happy, feel joyful. And it was really impactful for a lot of us because we were like, wow, it was easier to transition between some than others. But ultimately what that taught us was that we can, in a matter of seconds, shift in and out of these different emotions by literally changing the song, (laughs) like changing the song and changing our posture. Like you were, you were talking about changing your physicality changing, you know, what you're doing, the music, 
And so I actually have created a number of Spotify playlists that I can use. I have one that I like a lot. I use this one consistently as a self-love playlist. Um, and then I also have another one that I have that's a bunch of music from the conferences that I've done. So both of those are probably like my happy playlist that I'll put on if I just want to dance around and just have, you know, things that are uplifting. And that helps me pull myself out because if you just dance around, you allow yourself to play, it really does help to bring you out of that state. And Kennergy uh, has been at both of uh, like the, I've done UBW, Date with Destiny, and uh, Mass and Kips Claim Your Power. And Kennergy has been at all of those conferences. I've been doing it since I went to UPW in June last year. And it has like, I, I love it. I, I'm yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. I, I do it all. I would say at least probably five times a week, five, five, six times a week. I, I just, I love it so much. And if, so if I'm feeling anxious or upset or stressed out, you know, in any way, shape or form, I'll put on a Kennergy X class and I will just, you know, I'll come out of it feeling so much better. It's, it's really game changing to be able to pull in the breathwork with the intention, with the movement and the playful energy that, you know, they, they create that with it's game changing. I think when you realize that you are way more in control of your emotions than you realize, but I think we're so scared because there's so much, you know, about depression out there. We're so scared to allow ourselves to get to that depressed or sad state because we're scared. We won't be able to pull ourselves out, but if we would just allow ourselves to sit in it a little bit, analyze it, get curious about it, ask questions, dig in, we can often naturally start to pull ourselves out. But it does start with, you know, building that awareness and actually putting in, you know, some of that, that work to uncover those shadow aspects of ourselves. Awareness is definitely huge there. One of the things that I notice is uh, we tend to be on autopilot a lot. We yeah. go on automatic mode. And, you know, I'm reminded years ago, I took a photography class and this is before the days of when the cell phones and every, and now nobody has a camera. We all have a phone. Our phone is our camera, but there were these really intricate cameras that had, they were on manual mode. You had to set everything. You had to set, you know, the, the, how much light you wanted. You had to manually focus it. And there are cameras that automatically do that in the back of my mind. I'm going, well, why would I want to do this all manually? If I can just do it automatically, well, because you have an element of control and you really can learn how you can take better pictures. Now, when we relate that to ourselves, we're on automatic mode. Every time something happens, a circumstance happens, we have an automatic reaction. And it could be from something that goes way back to our childhood, some event that happened in our life or something that happened to somebody else that got imparted into us because we were told time and time again, that's how to react. That's how we should react to the situation. And if we start to learn to put ourselves into manual it's like a car as well. You know, have you ever driven a manual transmission? You get in and you have to do all the shifting yourself and it's a lot more work, but you can actually feel, okay, now I'm in first gear. Now I have to shift into second, third, whatever. And you learn more about how to control that vehicle. And we as humans, when we go into manual mode and when an emotion happens, we can step back and say, what's causing me to have this? Okay. 
what story am I telling myself? Why am I giving myself, all right, I'm going to allow myself to process this feeling and then I'll move on. And sometimes uh, when we do that, we can really control our whole future. We can change uh, our destiny simply by managing our emotions by going into that manual mode. Yeah, that is so true. And I talk about that all the time. I'm always saying how, you know, it's, it's so sad. The more that I do this work, the more that I see how so many of us are living on autopilot and people don't even realize that it's happening. Um, and they're, you know, just having these, these automatic reactions based off of, you know, other things and people, it's all about, you know, people talk about projection and all of these things. It's very real. We all project every single person. If you say you don't project, you're lying. <laughs> I promise you that. Uh, but there is, this one example that I feel really reflects well this entire topic. So I want to share that for anybody listening, because I think especially people that may be you know, married or in relationships that are facing struggles and, and things like that, um, this really helps shed some light on, on what this can present as for, for some people. So there's this example, I think it was in the, the completion process, actually, that book I mentioned earlier. Um, I read a lot of books, so I could be wrong, <laughs> but either way, it is this concept of, uh, you know, husband and wife and the husband goes, has a shower, leaves his ring on the sink and gets ready for work and takes off, forgets to put the ring back on. The wife enters the bathroom, sees the ring on the sink and has, you know, a meltdown, gets really, really upset. As far as the husband's concerned, he doesn't understand why she's so upset. He's like, I, I forgot to put my ring back on. Why is this such a big deal? Like, I, I just forgot. Meanwhile, in a previous marriage, the, the, the wife had been with somebody that they left a ring on the kitchen sink or on the, on the bathroom sink with a note. Everything was gone. She'd been abandoned or she'd been left, right? And so in that moment, she was having an emotional reaction to the ring on the sink based off of that previous experience. So when she saw that ring, she had this story in her head that that meant he didn't love her anymore. He was ready to leave. It was, it was over. So she had this like really strong emotional reaction based off of that trauma. And when I say the word trauma, I think, you know, it's important to know it's not like they talk in, in the psychology world, big T trauma, little T trauma. A lot of people don't realize trauma isn't always just big traumatic events, you know, those kinds of things that people typically think of, like assaults and all of those, you know, not good things. But it can also be things that just have a really strong emotional response in you because our nervous system keeps score of all of that. And it will come up again in the future. Like that's what happens when we have perceived overreactions. To certain situations. And that's why, you know, the, the same thing can be shared on social media. And, you know, 100 people can have 100 different responses to it, because we all see the world through the lens of our own past experiences, our own past hurts and pains, everything that we've learned, everything we've been through, we see every situation from that lens. And so that's why when it comes to situations, I always say there's three sides to every story. There's your side, their side. And then there's, you know, what really happened <laughs> because you all, you're going to perceive that in two very different ways. So it's really a matter of being able to have that awareness to recognize that we all do 
have these patterns that are unconscious that we're responding to and reacting to without awareness. And once you realize that, it just, I find it really helps you when you, when you gain that self-awareness, it's like you build your emotional um, awareness to a point where you're able to understand that other people are having the same challenges. So you're able to better communicate. So I think, you know, the first step with any, you know, relationship is to, to have that awareness. You need to be self-aware so that you understand when you're having triggers and reactions and, you know, all of those things. And then the step and second step is to be able to communicate, right? So once you have that awareness, it's like, okay, if something's coming up for me, being able to communicate that to your partner and say, listen, you know, this happened in a past relationship. And, you know, when, when you did this or said this, it brought up these feelings in me that, you know, are really strong. And I just need to take a minute so that I'm not taking this out on you. Like if you had something with, with your, your partner and they were having this like really strong reaction and you didn't understand what you did. And they said that to you, it diffuses the situation instantly rather than you being defensive and confused. And like, I, I didn't do anything. It just, it diffuses everything. They recognize, okay, it's not me. It's, you know, it's something from their past and they'll, they'll just be able to be so much more understanding. It's, it's really game changing. And I think, you know, the holistic psychologist, I follow her on social media as well. And I have her book and just love everything that she puts out. She explains things so eloquently, especially on her Facebook page. It's a great way to get started, um, you know, understanding these concepts. Like she talks about understanding your partner's trauma being a love language. And I love, I love that idea. I love that concept so much because it's so true. If we make it a priority to understand our person and, you know, what they've been through and why they are the way that they are, and for me, you know, that encompasses so many things. Like I love astrology. I love, you know, personality psychology. My background, you know, in education was psychology. And so I, all of those different faces, it's, about, it's really about understanding other people so that you can better relate to them. And I think that that's so crucial and important, especially in romantic relationships, because you need to have that. It's like, not everything can be about us all the time. And I think, it's so easy to fall into that. It's like, I need to have, you know, my needs met. I need to have, you know, X, Y, Z happening, but it's like, but what about their needs? What, you know, what's their love language? What, you know, what's important to them? What, what reactions might they be having? And so it's kind of like that. You kind of both have to have that, that lens in order for things to, to work smoothly, I think. And, and that's my goal. That's what I want. That's what I'm looking for when I get into a next relationship. That's great. That's a great outlook and a I love how you recognize that as a love language, because I mean, we're all familiar with the five love languages and mm -hmm. knowing your partner's language, but also knowing how your partner responds to certain situations and being able to stop and step back and realize that the reaction that this woman was having in this situation was to something in the past. It was not necessarily related to the circumstance, although it, it was indirectly you know she saw the ring there he just made a mistake he just forgot to put it back on maybe he was in a hurry she went down the negative path and thought the worst and to have that communication that's why in relationships that communication is so important and so many couples that they close themselves off to that i know you and i we could probably sit and talk for another hour on this type of uh <laughs> subject and all these subjects because it's really fascinating but 
one of the things that I always say is when a couple gets together, it's so important that they maintain that communication. And that's one of the first things that goes in a good relationship. I had a client years back who came to me because he was having trouble in his business and he was wanting to get his business off the ground and get things going but he was spending so much time in this business that he wasn't spending as much time at home with his wife and his marriage was really suffering. And he thought it was suffering because he wasn't being successful in his business. So now he was working harder and harder at his business, which was taking him further away from home. So I sat and worked with him. And within a week I had the wife calling me going, what did you do? Because <laughs> things are so much better. You know, and it ended up uh, just being, Having that awareness of everything in your life that's going on is so important. So those dark moments can actually be good teaching moments in our life. And in those teaching moments, that is where the brightest light can truly shine through. With that said, if people were interested in reaching out with you, what would be the best way to do that? So right now I'm kind of in a bit of a, you know, tr transitional period where I've been doing this for a couple of years now. I'm kind of figuring out my next path, but I have started a blog. Uh, so it's called findinglightinthedarkness.ca. Um, so that's a great place to, to get in touch with me. Um, I have an email associated with that blog as well, Jessica at findinglightinthedarkness.ca. So uh, that right now would be a good place. I am also on social media. Uh, though I would say, you know, in terms of Instagram, I don't. It's Jessica JM Beauty, uh, TikTok Jessica JM Beauty as well. I don't use those quite as often as uh, Facebook. Um, but yeah, in general, I would say probably the blog in uh, relation to any of this stuff would be the best way to get in touch. Awesome. Well, I hope people will reach out and will check out that blog. I would love to follow that myself and I'll continue to do that. And as we close, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everybody at the end of the podcast, which is what does being purposely positive mean to you? I would say being purposely positive for me means coming into it with intention, right? So allowing yourself, like what we talked about today, allowing yourself to feel the full range, the full scope of human emotion, but being intentional about setting some, you know, routines in your life that will allow you to just be on a, a higher vibration. So whatever that means for you in terms of self-care, whatever refills your cup, whether that's taking baths, going out in nature or doing workouts, Kinergy or whatever you enjoy dance. I love to dance. So throwing on music and putting on tunes, personal development. Basically, it's just setting those routines and those practices in your life that will allow you to continue to grow and have that positive outlook, but not being so hyper-focused on it that you are not allowing yourself to feel anything but because what you repress is only going to come back up. Like, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things, the more that you push it away, it's eventually something's going to, it's like a, like pulling back a an elastic. It's eventually you're going to reach a point. It's just going to snap and it's not going to be pretty. So um, that would be what I would say. It's just, you know, allowing yourself to feel everything while also having those really powerful practices in place to get you into a, a much better mindset and state of mind and physicality and all of those good things. 
yeah, it's basically learning how to feel those emotions, but not letting them drive you and not setting up that automatic pilot response and just learning to live through it and focus on the things that really make you happy. Yeah, it's just like riding a wave, right? Like we talked about earlier, you've got to create that flexible nervous system where you have the ability to ride the challenges and fully enjoy when life is is really great, you know, being able to sit with the the harder times, but also have full appreciation and gratitude and joy for the good times. Jessica, this has been a great time today, and I appreciate you coming on. And I'm sure we'll have to have you back because I can see so many more discussions, even in what we talked about today. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. And, you know, I have so many things I've learned. And I, like we were saying earlier, I, I could go in a million different directions. And the whole ADD thing, I, you know, I, I'm with you on that. I can go down several rabbit holes. So I would be happy to come back. And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the purposely positive podcast brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. And you know, you may be out there listening right now, and you may have what's called a wake-up call moment. And I write about these wake-up call moments in my ebook, Strive to Thrive, and you can download that book on my website, TonyWCoaching. Basically, you have a choice. You can go down the dark path or the light path. And that choice is yours. 